Shabbat Shalom and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. We are in the midst of the Omer count and we are on day 34 of the Omer count preparing for Shavuot and we should have um, a place for us to gather up on the website this week so please check back at torahtothetribes.com forward slash connect for the gathering of Shavuot. This week we are in Torah portion Imor, which comes to us from Vaikra Leviticus chapter 21. The Hebrew word there, Imor, to say, to speak. So much to say and to speak nowadays, is there not? So much to say and to speak, and we're held accountable for the words that we say, the words that we speak. This portion is chocked full. Firstly, to give you an overview, in chapter 21, we have the regulations and the conduct of the Kohanim, the priests. And we know from the book of Revelation that we are a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So this is about our conduct. As we go on to chapter 22, in verses 17, what we see is that with Yahuwah, as we still see today, and I've been banging on about it for quite some time, what is accepted and what is not accepted. The key point is, for us to be in honor, we must accept. That doesn't mean that we acquiesce, but it means that we honor. And with that, then Yahuwah steps in and he closes all of the accounts and we stand in righteousness no matter what comes our way. Offerings that are accepted and offerings that are not accepted. Then in chapter 23, we come to the feasts of Yahuwah, the Moedim. The first feast, of course, is today the Sabbath, the feasts of Yahuwah. Six days you shall labor, but the seventh day is a Shabbat rest. Then, of course, we go from the Sabbath, the introduction into the spring feasts. We have the spring feasts, Passover, bridged with unleavened bread. Then we have the Feast of First Fruits, which brings us, of course, into the Count of the Omer, where we are currently now, which then leads us to the Feast of Shavuot. Then, what's really important prophetically, before the full feasts, there is a provision. There's a provision for the stranger that appears right there in the text. And that is the provision that the stranger, the sojourner, you and I, scattered, lost out into the nations, we have a provision between the spring feasts and the full feasts where Yahweh lets us come in, cross over from a really polluted, babbling soil full of words and more that we speak that brings dishonor, disease, and death. And we cross over from Babel to a better soil, becoming Hebrews, where we plant a new crop, where we speak a new word, the Hebrew language, and we speak and live differently, and we are able to graft in and be partakers of the covenants of promise if we take of this provision that is offered at this specific time. Because if we don't take the provision outlined in chapter 23, verse 22, gleaning from the corners of the field, which of course we know from the Tanakh speaks of Boaz and Ruth, right? Ruth who came and gleaned, a stranger, somebody who grafted in and was a partaker of the promises of Israel and through Ruth comes the line of Mashiach. If we don't do this before the full feasts, what does the book of Revelation tell us that the full feasts are? They're a time of judgment coming upon the nations. Firstly, with Yom Teruah, the sound of the trumpet, the sound and clarion call of war. Then, of course, there's the ten days of awe, 
and then the day of the wrath of Yahweh, where Yahweh pours out his wrath on a Yah-rejecting society, epitomized in, of course, Yom Kippur, and then the count into the kingdom for the marriage supper and the Feast of Tabernacles. We haven't got to the prophetic line of the full feasts, but I do believe prophetically we are in the time of the stranger being awakened up in Babel, having an opportunity to come out of her, my people, walk in honor and graft into Israel. It's all about the Om account. It's all about what words we speak, what words we say, and what word we have within us. This is this week's Torah portion, Imor, and it's chock-a-block full of good things. So this portion, Imor, brings us to words. Our mouth. What we say. How we speak. Do we speak? Or do we try and avoid? Or do we try and ignore? Do we try and pretend that there's nothing there and stick our heads in the sand? Well, you can't avoid because avoidance is dishonor. And it is an offering that is not accepted. But we need to be accepted, so therefore we must speak and accept all things, even chaos. Because it's all an end time tally that is going on. There's a tally going on of either honor or dishonor. And all of the honors will stack up, and all of the dishonors will stack up, and there's a tally going. And that tally is what it is about maintaining honor, maintaining control over the tongue, maintaining control over our actions. And some things we cannot control, but what we can control is our behavior. We can't control the chaos. That's for Yahweh to do. But we can control our response to the chaos, which is to accept it and to stand. Leviticus chapter 21, Imor is translated as say. And Yahweh said unto Moshe, speak or say unto the Kohanim, the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say unto them, there shall be none be defiled for the dead among his people. But for his kin that is near unto him, that is for his mother or for his father and for his son and for his daughter and for his brother and for his sister a virgin that is nigh unto him, which hath had no husband, for her may he be defiled. Verse 4, but he shall not defile himself being a chief man among his people to profane himself. They shall not make baldness upon their head, neither shall they shave off the corner of their beard, nor make any cuttings in their flesh. We are to be distinct, a separate people that are to come out of the nations and to not worship Yahuwah the way the heathen worships their gods. Yahuwah is an Elohim of distinctions, and he needs a distinct people to follow him. Verse 6, they shall be kadosh, holy unto their Yahuwah, and they shall not profane the name of their Yahuwah for their offerings of Yahuwah made by fire and the bread of their Elohim they do offer. Therefore, they shall be holy. They shall not take a wife that is a whore or profane, neither shall they take a woman put away from her husband, for he is holy unto his Elohim, verse 8, verse 8. Thou shalt sanctify him therefore, for he offereth the bread of thy Elohim. He shall be holy unto thee, for I am Yahuwah, which sanctified you, and I am Kadosh. And the daughter of any priest, if she profane herself by playing the whore, she profaneth her father, and she shall be burnt with fire. And of course, you know, that is why Tamar was brought out to be burnt with fire, because that was the accusation. 
but she stood and she was vindicated and she then brought honor to the generations and through her honor came Ruth and through her honor came Moshiach through that whole line. So this Torah portion starts off with a very, very select group within Israel, does it not? The sons of Aaron, the priests, and not even all of Levi, just this specific section of the branch, we see the sons, even Kohath, right here in the beginning of this Torah portion. Now, it's interesting to know, if you were to do the annual cycle of the Torah portions, that this is the 31st Torah portion of the year. Now, with this, 31, if you look into the, the, the num, num, numerology of the Hebrew gematria, that type of thing, it is associated with offspring. 31 is associated with offspring. Now, 30, you have um, the Lamed, which is, speaks of authority, and then 1, the Aleph, speaking of strength. So what is that saying? The strength of authority, 31, the strength of authority. And who is the authority of our strength? Where does our strength come from? Where does that, from myself, from yourself, where does our strength come from? Our strength is found in the sun because the sun is the air, listen, the authority to what? The sun is the air, the authority of allowing you and I as strangers to come and glean from the corners of the field of Israel and graft in and grasp the birthright. Without the sun, we have no authority, no strength to graft, grasp or graft into the birthright of Israel. Does that make sense? That is where our strength is, not to be scattered in the nations, lost to the pagan Romans or lost to the, the apostate church. No, it's to be grafted in to the birthright, and the birthright is the treasure that is in the field, which is Israel. Joining a nation, joining a people, changing your speech. Stop babbling. Stop babbling. Stop worshipping Yahuwah the way the heathen worships their gods. And you will never learn that in traditional Christianity because it is full of a babble, a mixture. Pagan syncretism with the word of Yahuwah is a babble. And it's a confusion. And that's why so many are confused about the faith. And they don't have the power to stand in tumultuous times. In Revelation chapter 5, in the 10th verse, it is written, And you made us a kingdom of priests to our Elohim that we will reign over the earth. The only way you reign is when you're following the king's rules and edicts, which is the Torah written on your heart, not the kings of the earth, which will be hiding in rocks and coming down with the wrath of Yahuwah upon their head on Yom Kippur. Now, look what's in view here when we look at some of the words, whether it be Aaron, whether it be the Kohathites, whether it be Levi, whether it be speaking and more. Let's look at some of these words. And you, if you've got your Bible software there, you can follow me along. But I did the forework for you so you can see it here. Achron is Strong's number um, 175. Achron, spelled Aleph, He, Resh, Vav, Nun. It means light bringer. Light bringer. The Aleph strength, I will. But if you tack off the olive, you end up with the hey, resh, vav, noon, which means to bring forth a bearing as associated with bearing a child or pregnancy. Could it be that there's a priestly gathering which is going to be birthed at the end of time before the full feast, at the time of the provision of the stranger between Shavuot and the Feast of Trumpets. Is it possible? Could you be that people right now that have awoken or awakened to the Malkitzedic priesthood? I'm asking a question because we know there has been a transference to 
a greater priesthood. But it is a birthing, is it not? It's a pregnancy, is it not? Now, let's look at the, the, um, the word koath. That's Strong's number 6955. Kaf, hey, tav. Kaf, hey, tav. It's interesting because it's associated with the word kechal, or a congregation, an ecclesia, a church. What do I mean? Kaf, hey, tav. An assembly. It's from an unused root, meaning to to have an ally, to ally oneself. And it comes from the, the root meaning to collect in, to assemble together, to gather. Now, I've got this book up in my bookshelf. I pulled it off, and it's got the gematria. And I'm not usually into that, but I was tooling around with it. And it's interesting. It's got the same gematria as the Hebrew word or name serchai. Sarah, Shin Resh Hay. Now, was she able to have a child? Only when. When something was added to her name. Once that, she was barren, was she not? Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Are we talking about speaking here? Are we talking about babbling here? Are we talking about being in mystery Babylon here? Are we talking about growing up in a pagan, yah-hating society. Right now, in our political spectrum, what are they trying to do? They're trying to keep up the killing of infanticide, right? And there's this big, big uproar now because it's being challenged. Why? Because in mystery Babylon, they cannot bring birth to life. They cannot bring... It's against life. And it's only when you leave Mystery Babylon and a hey is added to your name, the creator, the yod hey vav hey, that you become to bring forth life, fruit, multiplicity. She was barren. But once the hey was added to Sarai, she became Sarah and she became fruitful. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? This letter then represents life, breath, word, light. But it's also associated with how we all came to this wonderful place called Israel. Repentance. Teshuv, teshuvah. We repented and we started to look at the world and our surroundings. We started to look at the language that came out of our mouth, cussing, blasphemies. We started to wonder about the things that we were hearing, the words that were being spoken to us. And we started to do an inventory. And we started to see, I know that I did, that I was in dishonor and a dishonorable man toward my creator and my fellow man. And when that inventory started to happen, there started to be a reshuffling in my thought process, a reshuffling in what I spoke, and all of a sudden my language was cleaned up. And then all of a sudden what I wanted to listen to was cleaned up, no longer wanted to associate it with the words that I used to listen to, the people that used to speak strange words, because this is all about crossing over from one soil to a better soil, Chava, to become a Hebrew. Look at the word my son, my second-born son, Levi, Strong's number 3878, or Levi, Lamed, Vav, Yod, to be joined to, means to be joined to, and it's from another Hebrew word, Strong's number 3867, Chlava, Lamed, Vav, He, again, to join, to borrow, to lend. So what is this telling us? This whole Torah portion, if you're getting what I'm laying down, the key point 
is the provision for the stranger between the spring feasts and the full feasts. Because this whole Torah portion, if you can get what I'm trying to teach today, is a sowed. It's not in the plain sense. It's not a hint. A, a, it's not in the remez a hint. And it's not even drash and allegory. But it's deep and mysterious. And it's right within that particular particular verse which is spoken about more in the prophets with Ruth and Boaz and of course right here the provision for the stranger which comes in the key verse of course is chapter 23 verses 22 through 24 the provision for the stranger what's happening there the barren woman Think about it. You've got to really think about it. The barren woman is to become childbearing. The ba Sarah, Sarai, who is a barren woman, she becomes childbearing, pregnant, when a hay is added to her name. The light, the word, the word of Yahweh, what she sees, what she hears, what she speaks. And it's when this happens at the time of birthing that she will then be collected and gathered in to be joined to her husband. Oh, come on. Is anybody? Okay. This is the gathering in of all Israel to her husband because she is no longer barren floating in the seas of mystery Babylon. She awoken to the promise of Israel. She awoken to the promises of Yahuwah. She repented. She stopped listening to the heathen music, stopped listening to the heathen propaganda, stopped speaking the curses of the world, and she crossed over from the babbling brook of mystery Babylon to Israel and grafted in and started to keep the Sabbath and the feast of Yahweh making repentance, she brings forth a birthing and a multiplicity of faith and righteousness. Hallelujah. Oh, good grief, man. Hallelujah. Well, can you confirm that anywhere? What are you talking about? Of course, the prophet Jeremiah, one of my favorite prophets in the 30th chapter in the 6th verse, he says thus, Ask ye now! And see whether a man doth travail with child. Yes! Yes, a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail and all faces are turned into paleness? Uh-oh, don't get me started. This is all about Jacob's trouble, is it not? When a man will be travailing and his face turned to paleness, just like a woman, this is the time of Jacob's trouble, which is the time of the provision for the stranger. Right before the full feast of judgment is Jacob's trouble, where one set of humanity will go deeper down the wormhole of mystery Babylon. They'll be jacked up, vaxxed up, and totally drinking down the words of propaganda and the primordial soup of DNA replication and they will be lost into the realms of destruction but in the midst of that chaos there's going to be another group of people that are going to hear a word say in more and they are going to leave the fields of the world and come to the corner of Yahuwah's field graft in and he will provide for those strangers to cross over and come out of mystery Babylon and be partakers of the kingdom of righteousness. That's where we're at prophetically, brethren. Amen. The way the barren woman becomes fruitful is she must make repentance. Now, speak. The Hebrew word for speak is Strong's number 559. Amar, it's spelt Aleph Mem Resh. To say, to speak, to utter, to say what's in one's heart. 
For the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things, but when we speak the truth of Yahweh, we hear the truth of Yahweh, we associate with the people of Yahweh, we come to the Sabbaths and the feasts of Yahweh, and we realign our whole life to Yahweh, our heart begins to change, does it not? Amen. It does. You can no longer do the things that you used to do because there's been a change inwardly because you are starting to become a beacon of hope and a receptor of all things Yahuwah. Just They come to you. Yahuwah's people just come to me all over the place. It's like I'm a beacon of Yahuwah. And like kind draws like kind. Whereas before... I just drew the devil. The devil. It's interesting because to speak, Aleph Memresh, Amar, to utter, to say in one's heart, to think, it's the same letters as that place when they came out of Mitzrayim. There were the bitter waters of Mara. Mara spelled Memresh Aleph. It's the same letters, just switched around, meaning mara, to speak, to beat the air, to flap the wings, to be filthy, unclean, to lack holiness. That's the converse. If you're not with Yahuwah and speaking his word, amar, then you'll be in the bitter waters the oceans, the seas of mystery Babylon, speaking filthiness, becoming unclean, having a lack of holiness, becoming bitter, becoming resentful, becoming angry, becoming hostile, full of dishonor. It's a reference to the bitter waters of Numbers chapter 5 and the bitter waters of Mara. It's commercial in nature. Mystery Babylon and its commerce is a commercial slave commerce of bitterness. That's why so many people are upset, resentful, bitter, and full of hatred out there because they are afloat in their vessels have been polluted in more ways than one. Now, Kohath is Strong's number 505. No, it's not. It's Strong's number 6955. What the heck am I talking about? But numerically, it's 505, and it's the same value as a Hebrew word called kali mechesh, which is drinking vessels. Are we supposed to steward our own vessels? Is that what the Apostle Paul says? And what we drink down, the words we drink down, will they either bring our vessels to be ve vessels of honor or vessels of dishonor? Right? What's the teaching? The whole teaching here is if we fail to make teshuva, repentance concerning our speech, it will affect our drinking vessels. Is that correct? Levi, correct? It'll affect whether the water is bitter, full of our own filth and uncleanness, or whether it's sweet. Because out of the, the tongue and the words we speak reflect what's in our heart, does it not? Isn't that what's written in James? And you can see it all about you, can't you? People just vomiting up, and you're like, oh my goodness. What does that person do in the dark when nobody's looking? Why are they like that? Full of hatred, anger, animosity. It all affects the water, whether it's bitter or sweet, holy or unholy, unclean or clean. The, I mean, even there's experiments, and we saw it back in the Hebrew roots days, where they would speak words to ice crystals. Have you ever seen that? And they would... If you spoke love to ice crystals, they would form all these beautiful shapes. But if you spoke hate to these ice crystals, they would form into dark, gnarly clumps. Because what we speak, that's why you go and speak to your plants, right? And you sing to your roses. And 
If you're a gardener, oftentimes people do that, right? It's the effects of sound upon the shape of water. And are we mainly made of water? So that whole, whole adage, sticks and stones, you know, don't hurt. Well, you know, break my bones or whatever it is. I forget right now, but you know what I'm saying. Well, that's not true because words do hurt. Because words are powerful. Because through words we create or we destroy. It's interesting Remember Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel. You can hear it right within there, can't you? Babel. Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel means to be sown in Babylon. Many of us were Zerubbabel. We were sown in Babylon. But now Yahweh wants to sow us in Israel. But to do that, we have to come out of the corrupt soil and cross over to a better soil. Chavar, to become a Hebrew. Now, look at this. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 6, it is written, And Yahweh said, Behold, the people is one. Uh-oh. And they will have all one language. Uh-oh. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. And we know that it was exceedingly wicked. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So Yahweh scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the earth, and they left off to build the city. And we are now the recipients of this absolute chaos, mess, mystery, Babylon. The language is removed from this location. What language? The hay. Once the hay was removed from this location, what ensued? Chaos. Once the hay was removed, there was no birthing of the fruit of Yahweh. Barrenness again. Because the hay, the language was removed. Or left off, or left out. Which is another Hebrew word, chadal. The Hebrew word chadal is Strong's number 2308, and it's spelled chedalit lamed. It means to stop, to cease, to desist, to stop being, to cease to be. And it's the same word that's actually used in Genesis chapter 18, verse 11, where it is written, and it ceased chadal to be with Sarah after the manner of women. It's only when we begin a fruitful life bearing seed after we make teshuva, repentance, that we can return to the fold of Israel. Bearing seed then is what? Intricately associated with the provision of the stranger, verse 22 of our Torah portion, where we come in and cross over from the soil of Babylon, which is barren, to the soil of Israel, which is plentiful. And it's all about what we listen to, what we speak, what we Shema Israel, not Shema Mystery Babylon, propaganda, confusion, turmoil. Oh, I'm not sure what to do. There's this, I've got to do this. They am saying I have to do this. They've coerced me to do this. If I don't do this, I'll lose my job. And if I don't do that, I can't go there. So maybe I should just do everything. I'm so confused. And they are. Well, it's all in the science. What science? No, it's not. It's an absolute confusion. The left hand isn't speaking to the right hand, and it's absolute confusion, and you give it six months and everything changes because that is mystery Babylon. And people then become so confused that they just don't fight anymore because that's called a surf mentality. Well, I just trust those in charge. That's a surf mentality. Whereas we come out of her, my people, and we listen to the Davar, the word of Yahuwah, and we have a sovereign, Yahusha, Yahuwah, who speaks one word that is easily to discern, and we test the spirits one to another, and therefore we are on the narrow road that leads to life, which becomes even even stronger and more of a fortified defense 
as mystery Babylon begins to become more and more confusing. And don't you see it with the culture out there now? We have never lived in such a confusing time. But I have never had more clarity in my whole life than I have right now. Clarity. Oh, there's chaos, but it doesn't affect me because I have the clarity. I know where I'm going and I know where I came from. And my path is sure and sure-footed. Sure-footed. And I shall not be moved. How about you? How about you? I know where I'm going and I know where I came from. And there can be all of this chaos, all of this. There can be assaults, affronts, but it matters not. It is a highway cut through the mist of mystery Babylon. When you hear the devar, the emor, the speaking and saying of the words of Yahuwah. In the Bible, when the hay was added to Sarah's name, it really is a picture of the stranger awakening to repentance and crossing over from mystery Babylon to become the bride in the time of the end. Yes, there will be travail, but we shall be gathered. I mean, I'm in travail. Let's be honest, I'm in travail. Are you? I mean, who isn't in a certain amount of travail in the uncertainty of the times in which we do live? But we do live in exciting times, my friends, extremely exciting times. Embrace it, because there is no getting away from it. Now, if you're sown in mystery Babylon, you will reap mystery Babylon. As long as we're sown in Babylon, Babylon, we'll speak Babylonian, we'll worship Babylonian ways, we'll be into syncretism. It's a confusion. Oh, yes, there's a bit of Christ here and a bit of Christmas. There's a little bit of resurrection and a little bit of a bare-breasted fertility goddess. It's all confusingly mixed in. I'll just accept it all without question. But that's not acceptance. That's acquiescence to stupidity. That is not what we're called to do. And you can see those that embrace mystery Babylon, they speak Babylonian, they worship Babylonian, they think Babylonian, they drink Babylonian. And with that, they cannot hold on to what? The hay, the word of Yahweh that births a different life. That's why we're so distinctly different, because you who have an ear to hear what the Ruach says, what the Spirit says, your life changes. Revelation 18, fourth verse, it is written, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye not be partakers of her absolute chaos, propaganda, mandates, and confusion. Because that's all there is there, if you stay there. It will get worse. As the chaotic waters are stormed up more and more and more. It's no accident that Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel were all all means all. They were all barren and they were all from the same location. They were all barren and they were all from Ur of the Chaldees, Babylonian, Mesopotamian. They were all unable to bear children when they were in mystery Babylon. It was only when they were removed from her, when they crossed over, that they became Hebrews and were to bring forth faith. And then your life is worth living. Now, Ur is Strong's number 218. Aleph, Vav, Resh. A flame or a false light. Is that what Mystery Babylon is? It's a false light, isn't it? Most people's faces are lit up by a false light, the screens, right? Babylon is Strong's number 894. Babel. Confusion by mixing. 
Are they confused? I mean, is it a male or is it a female? I mean, you know, it's a ba 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 a bet bet lamed. I don't know. Is it a blooming sheep? Is it a goat? We, I mean, whatever. We don't even know. They don't even know. Everything's confusion. Mesopotamia, Strong's number 763. Aram Nacharim. I think that's how you pronounce it. Aleph, Resh, Mem, Noon, Hey, Resh, Yod, Mem, Sofit. And from there, Aram, there's two rivers. Aram, Aleph, Resh, Mem, Sofit. It's spelt with the very same letters as Imor. Our Torah portion, to say, to speak. And it's spelt with the very same letters as the bitter waters of Marah, to be filthy and unclean. So it really depends. If you stay in her, my people, you're going to be filthy, confused, and unclean. But if you come out of her, my people, you will start to speak a different word. You'll start to hear things differently, the prophetic word of Yahuwah, and your life will be changed. But you can't stay in her and expect to receive the benefits of those of us that have come out of her, my people. Make sense? How can you? Because you're still in the turmoil and chaos of Mystery Babylon. These locations are the place where the false light shines. Because the false light shines in order to confuse the waters, the rivers that are filled with unclean, filthy words of propaganda. That's the world. That's where they live. So they cannot discern. But every morning you and I are up in the word. Every morning you or I up in prayer, and every night we should be in the word and prayer, and therefore we are hearing different words, speaking a different language, singing a different tune, and we are being programmed by divine light instead of a false light. In Leviticus chapter 21, the first thing spoken said to the priests was that we are not to be defiled by the dead. Shedding. The dead are shedding right now. Be very careful. The dead are shedding. Dead is Strong's number 5315 in this instance. And it's very interesting because it's the he it doesn't make any sense, but it does. Usually, dead is the Hebrew word moth, but here it's nefesh. What does nefesh mean? Nefesh? Soul. What? Noon patient, soul, life, mind, living, being, emotion, desire, breath. It's from the Hebrew word nafash, which is a noon patient. Also, Strong's number 5314 means to take breath, to refresh oneself. But why, are, why, why do we have nefesh here instead of the Hebrew word muth, which is spelt mem vav tav? Because nefesh is usually soul, it's usually life. It's usually breath. Well, because the teaching is, what really defiles us here? What really defiles us? The breath that goes in, if it's anything other than the word or breath of Yahuwah, and if it's anything other than the breath or word of Yahuwah going out, we will be defiled. And what have they been attacking the past two years? trying to muzzle and defile the breath of man, the life, restrict it. Because that's all part of the chaos. Because what that does is it psychologically breaks down the defenses of man and he becomes a serf. Because he's now accepted the symbols of slavery and serfdom whether they were being led to mystery Babylon with a hook and a muzzle, or being led out of Egypt, or led into Egypt, 
hooked and muzzled, restriction and control. What it does is it breaks down the psychological aspect of man. That's why there is so much suicide, depression, oppression in the world today. This has been a mental health crisis. Why? Because it's all part of the great reset. Just read the book. It's all part of it because what truly defiles us is mystery Babylon's words. And what truly refines us and purifies us is Yahweh's words. So there is an anemone between immor, what we speak and what we hear, what we say and what we do. There is the kingdom of Yahuwah and the kingdom of Satan, which is this world. And how we associate to it is all about what we say, hear, and do. Quite simple when we bring it down to this. Is it not? I mean, let's think about it. From Genesis 12 all the way, which was the promise, there was 430 years until Exodus chapter 19 and the giving of the book of the covenant. Now, from the time of the flaying open of the pieces, there was 400 years, which is why sometimes in the Brit Hadashah you see 400 years, 430 years. But the children of Israel were not in slavery in Egypt for 430 years. That's a Christian misnomer. They were in Egypt for 210 years, followed the genealogy of Exodus chapter 6. But from the time of the promise of Genesis 12 to Exodus 19, the time of the fulfillment and the giving of the book of the covenant, not book of the law, book of the covenant, and being a Malkizedic kingdom of priests was 430 years. But in the midst of that time, from Genesis 12 to Genesis Exodus 19, was the prophecy fulfilled? No, that was the time of unfulfillment, meaning, are you fulfilled or are you unfulfilled? You see, the interim period is a time of unfulfillment. And we are in the interim period right now between the spring feasts and the full feasts prophetically. And that is why so many of you feel unfulfilled. Because we're not there yet. We are not there yet. That's what happens in the interim from mystery Babylon to the kingdom. And we're in the interim, brethren. Mystery Babylon is trying to pull us back with all of its mandates and force absolute possible. Yet Yahweh is calling his people out. And we're in this state of flux. Right? Which is a place where you don't feel the full fulfillment because you haven't got to the sound of the shofar, which is the feast of trumpets. So it's natural that you go to your jobs, that you go about trying to save and scrimp for the future, and you feel unfulfilled because our home is not here. It's another kingdom, and this world is not our home. We are not where we're supposed to be yet. It has not yet all been fulfilled. And as this world struggles on, it appears to be more formless and void. Does it not? It does to me. I go out into the world and I go, this is formless and void. It has no substance. There's no depth to it. The people are as shallow as a shallow grave. And without form and void is the Hebrew word tohu from Bereshit, Genesis chapter 1. Strong's number 84, 8414. Tohu, to be formless, to be void. It's spelled tav he vav, confusion it means. An unreality, that's not real. It's an image, it's unreality, it's confusion, it's emptiness, it's formless. It's the very meaning of Babylon. 
tohu. Tav, he, vav. As the earth, as the creation, becomes tohu and bohu, formless and void, because of the word or seed of the serpent that is in the field, which is the world. It brings more formlessness and more void. And that is why there is a mental health crisis in Mystery Babylon. People are bananas. Even your political leadership, absolute bananas. It's insane. Why? Because that's what's happening. It is all part of this tohu and bohu because they will not leave. And because they will not leave her, they will go down with her. But we are being called, brethren, to leave, to make teshuva, to return and repent from the words that make void, from the words and propaganda of Babylon. They are void. They live in void bodies and souls that have followed its bitter mandates and directives that now have another word and seed going through their very body system. Our charge in these days as we approach the full festivals in this time of provision for the stranger is to guard the doorway of the lips, to guard the doorway of the mouth in order for us to be holy unto Yahuwah. Otherwise, we'll end up filthy and unclean. Our words have the potential to lack holiness because we ingest the word of Babylon. We don't want to bring its propaganda into our vessels because in our vessels will capsize. Our tongues, our words must become a boundary. They must become a limit for the bitter waters. Our words must stop the bitter waters from encroaching the threshold of our homes. Our words must be holy so that we do not consent to enter into their vessels. The Hebrew word for lips is safar, and it's spelled shin pei he. It means to the lip, the language, the edge of a shore, the bank of a cup, a sea, or a river. And it refers to boundary lines between geographical sites. Meaning, our language fills our cup. Whatever we speak will bring forth a cup of righteousness or a cup of judgment. It determines what side of the boundary line that we are on in reference to the sea of bitter waters that's going to be full of dead men's bones. In Revelation 8, in the 11th verse, in conclusion here, it's written, and the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter, because they had no boundaries, because they believed and spoke the same words as Mystery Babylon, and the words that Mystery Babylon spoke to them, they ingested, and they followed after the orders of the sea captains and merchants of the earth. And because of that, they got their own just reward of bitterness and fire, piercing and pumping through their vessels of dishonor. Do you see it everywhere? Oh, I do. The title of our Torah portion, in conclusion, Emor, Aleph Mem Resh, it's the cognate of the word Omer, as we count and are on the 34th day of the Omer, Ayin Mem Resh, Meaning, we need to continue the count to get into the presence of Yahuwah, where the evil tongue, where the impure mouth is purged, because we're to purge, because we're to count from barley to wheat, 
from animal food to human food. We're to become those that can declare the word of Yahuwah, his Torah to the nations. And Shavuot is a celebration of the barren woman who becomes fruitful. The barren woman who becomes fruitful. We are witnessing right now in this very day, at this very moment, at this very juncture of time, we are witnessing a division between concerning those who spew the language, religion, and rhetoric of Babylon and those of you that are awakening to the pure Hebrew faith that was once delivered to the saints. The bitter waters of Babylon, brethren, are bubbling and rising. They are seething through the surf's veins as we speak. They are seething through every vessel and every ship which has docked itself to the bitter waters where death and wrath are about to be poured out. But those of you and I, us who have awakened, we have crossed over from a corrupt soil to a soil of Hebrew origin, faith and foundation. We are seed that has a boundary line now, the boundary line of the blood that cannot be crossed because we are bringing forth a word that is not void and a word that is not formless. It is the living breathing word of Yahweh that will bring us through judgment and into the Feast of Tabernacles, the kingdom to come. Isaiah the prophet said, and I'll finish with this, in the 54th verse, or the 54th chapter in the 11th verse, O thou afflicted, tossed and tempered, not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors and lay thy foundations with sapphires. If we want to get to the sea of glass, the sapphire stone, then we have to be like the elders of Israel. We have to be holy and ascend the mountain so that we can sup with Yahuwah on the sea of glass. That's the calling. and That's the provision for the stranger. It's what we say. It's what we hear, and it's the word of Yahuwah in us. We've got to make repentance, and we've got to leave Mystery Babylon. Hallelujah. That's what I've got. Anymore. Anymore for anymore more. And more of that. Let's have a bit more of that, eh? All right, let's see what you've got in the chat. Remember to go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. Scroll down to feasts, and hopefully by the midst of the week, we will have... The um, Sukkot, not Sukkot, Shavuot location up for you. It's going to be in, um, where is it going to be? It's going to be in Oregon. It's going to be a little bit south of Portland. And it's going to be in the wilderness. And it's going to be beautiful. Because I just arranged my, 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 my wife arranged it. But I um, um, reviewed the contract yesterday. Okay, let's have a look. Where are thee, thou thy tither? Ah, oh, man, that's a, that's a good portion for me. I hope it was a good portion for you. If you want to get my attention, redline me in the chat here, and let's see what you have to say. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. I need a sip, Sean Allen Vickers. Shabbat Shalom. Numbers chapter 28, verses 11 and 15. Is tomorrow the first day of the third month? When were the believers in the upper room? When was the Ruach poured out? Peace, Sean. Somebody answer his questions. They are multiplicity of questions. Kevin Niebling underneath, you answer those questions. You're up on the ball. Look, there we go, Kevin Niebling, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good devour word makes him glad. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. All right, bear with me here. 
Acts chapter 8, verse 23. Shabbat shalom, warnaki mishpocha. It is written, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by unrighteousness. Mary Trotter, my family keeps texting me these articles. Encourage me to get on and vote against this or that. Yes, but then you're throwing your vote, casting your vote into Mystery Babylon. The sinking ship, let it go down. I mean, if you do vote, then, you know, you're contracting with Mystery Babylon. And we were never called to vote. We were called to elect. It's a difference. We no longer can, right? It's a difference, very big difference. We're no longer in the Republic, brethren. Just a big corporation. Ah, truth is like Velcro. Much poetic speak today, Matthew, sprinkled with the truth. Well, thank you, Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Ah, Mary Trotter says she's full. I feel like I put on 20 pounds hearing this word tonight. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Hallelujah. Bruce Edmund, Shabbat Shalom to you. Teresa Smith, Shabbat Shalom to you. Giant Killer, Shabbat Shalom. How is things up there in Snohomish? Yes, my potato munchkin. If you got it today, you don't, you don't wear it tomorrow because as we found out, tomorrow never comes. It's all the same day, man. Oh, <laughs> that's a song I gather. I gather, okay. Well, there you go, Megan W. Shabbat Shalom, Deuteronomy 7, verse 6. For you are a set-apart people to Yahweh your Elohim. Yahweh your Elohim has chosen you to be a people for himself, a treasured possession above all the peoples on the face of the earth. And that is right. That is right. And we must continue to stay strong and press in and listen only to the words of righteousness and to the words of Yahweh. Because like Mickey says, it's all about boundaries. It's all about boundaries. And Libby Tube says, as his priests, we guard all the gates of our temple and the walls thereof. Karen Long, lots of good comments today. Insanity is demon possession. Well, I would have to agree that there's a lot of little demonics out there then, isn't there? Because there's a lot of insane nutters running around the place. All right. Oh, I've got to, hang on, I've got to refresh that. That's why it's not working as well as I would hope. There you go. Living well with living foods. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 16, thus saith Yahuwah who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. He will give us the way out, but we have to be willing to leave. Mm. Ah, Shabbat Shalom, Aaron, Achron, Sermak. Bless all those who identify as the priesthood of Melchizedek. May you be sealed in fulfillment. Thank you. That's a good word, Aaron. And yes, Chris, Chris De La Rosa, you are a nut job. Oh, no, he didn't say that. He said nut jobs everywhere. <laughs> all right. All right. And we're finished with a good word, a good word from Jen Spurl. Then those who fear Yahuwah speak to one another, and Yahuwah listens and hears. And a book of remembrance be written before him of those who fear Yahuwah and those who think upon his name. Oh, there's a book of remembrance, another book, Malachi chapter 3 and the 16th verse. 
I could just keep going on because you guys are putting up some good content today in the chat. Crystal La Rosa, see, he who is guarding Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Yahweh is your guard. Yahweh is your shade at your right hand. Hmm. Ah, oh, thank you, Brad and Karen in East Texas. Down for Texas. Down in Texas. I hope you know just how thankful we are for the time you spend with Yahweh in preparing these teachings. Thank you so much for the wonderful teaching once again. I'm so thankful that Yahweh brought me out of the world and gave me the ability to be able to spend and teach. Because it's really, my wife will, will say, you know, that it's um, kept me, kept me. Because I'm my best when I'm in the Word and my worst when I'm not. Right? So I'm just, it keeps me, keeps me sharp, sharp, very sharp. Praise the Lord. Praise Yahuwah Elohim. And that is it. Shema the Sabbath and Yahuwah guards you. That's the final word spoken today from the chat. That one comes from our dear friend, Chris Della Rosa. Shabbat Shalom to you all. And I do hope wherever you are, anywhere in this world, that you press into Yahuwah that you go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and you find another fellow, another sister in your area where you can speak the words of Yahuwah to one another in prayer, in song, in word and deed. And song is good. We need more song. We need to bring some, some, some more music down here. And I look forward to those that I will be able to meet again in a just 20 odd days, less than 15 days, right? Two weeks. Yes. 15 days at Shavuot here in Oregon. If not, there are Shavuots all over the world, and you'll find them by going to Shabbat Fellowship and communicating with others there, or on the chat here, or maybe in the comments section below, or if not, you can always go to our Connect page and scroll down to the feasts and find a family near you where you can be of the same word, that is, the good word of Yahuwah. Yahuwah bless you all. Shabbat Shalom.